Most of the time, he talks it out with the voices in his head. Other times, he gets an artist to answer his questions, and you get to listen to it here. Welcome to Toad's Tunes. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Sitting here today with Miss Kaylee Shore. How are you, woman? I am so good. I'm so happy to be back here. Welcome back to Vegas. Yeah. Welcome back to Stoney's. I'm stoked. In L.A. last night? Yes, I was in L.A. last night, second night of the Too Much To Say tour. This is uh, night three, and I'm really, really pumped. It's been really fun to play the new record. It is. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while since you've been here. I know that, that Chris actually snuck in and got to see you at, I believe, your album release party in he Nashville. Did. Oh, I love him. That was like so nice to see a little familiar face out there. It was pretty funny because he was like, uh, he's going on this trip, and I believe he stayed an extra day just for he that. Did. He, he did. He did. Yeah. How does that make you feel? A heart don't forget something like that. Um, <laughs> no, super sweet. I mean, I loved playing here so much. The last time I was here, it was my birthday. It was my 23rd birthday. And being in Vegas... For, for your job, quote unquote, um, on your, like, it was really, really fun. It was really fun. What I'm, did you do? Um, you know, we kind of just hung out here. I mean, like, I have found a, a beautiful and terrible thing, and it's, I feel like it's become a personality trait. I just love tequila shots, and we did one on stage um, for my birthday. Everybody saying happy birthday it was super fun. Um, but when you talk about how much you like tequila shots, people buy them for you all the time. You had a rough night. Uh, you know, I can really hold my liquor. I'm small, but I'm like very German and Irish. Like it's in my bones, you know. But last night at the LA show, I was like in the meet and greet line, and I had like four people buy me tequila shots, and like two when I was on stage, and I was like, y'all, I got to cut myself off for the rest of the night. Like, you're you're a quitter. I'm disappointed in you. I wanted to show up here and give it a hundred percent, and then after the show, be able to give it a like an LA. LA gets like seventy percent. I'm in Vegas. I'm going to give a hundred percent of my party. One hundred and ten. Yeah, one hundred and ten percent. One hundred and ten. Yeah, my liver is ready. <laughs> How long has your album been out now? Uh, it came out September twenty seventh. What's your favorite song on it? Probably "F You Forever." F You um, Forever. How come? It was such a turning point for me um you know you've you followed my music for a while and, and heard it evolve and um you know I, I don't beat myself up about it and i'm still proud of the things i did but some of the music i wrote i mean i was 20 years old when i was writing it i'm 25 now and i've gone through so much um that's changed how i write and how i look at the world but when i listen to those songs i'm just like oh wow you had like no idea you know and they're they're a little fluffy whatever and then so writing a song like f you forever i remember i i ran over to my manager's office and i was like listen to this song I wrote bear with me um and I finished it and everybody looked at each other and they're like well you got to put it out it's the best thing you've ever written and it feels so good to just be unapologetically myself and I think another song in the album that does that for me is like Gatsby or Vices and, and putting those out and I, I don't have to like hide anything anymore which is uh so far going great I'm sure it could probably get me into trouble one day but probably fun trouble did you feel like you had to be safe before yeah totally I because mean, of your age or because of I think it's just like you know I mean you know we talk about it all the time being in country music but it's hard for women and I think I was like looking at different ways that I could get over that that hump that or that I don't know that like the wall that I felt like was up um and finally I was like oh I'm just gonna tear the wall down and do whatever the hell I want what a concept but yeah I was definitely trying to play it safe because I was like I want to get my first song that I ever put out fight like a girl did well on radio so I was like okay radio is my path that's how you make money so you can keep playing music and keep putting it out there and um amazingly not giving a can I swear? Yeah. Oh, not giving a shit anymore. Like it just changed everything. I was like, oh my god, wait, people like it when you don't. I, I think what a concept. We were just talking about um, people like Luke Combs and like Ashton McBride actually 
changing the face of some sense of country music yeah. because um, there's always been this persona that you have to look a certain way, act a certain way, sing a certain way, speak a like write a certain way. Everything had to be like that. But you come out with an Ashley McBride who um, I think she's changing the game for a lot of people. And I don't I think she is too. I'm not quite sure people are much aware of what she's really doing. Yeah, she's incredible. And like, I mean, I used to talk so much about how I loved country music because it was honest and it was vulnerable and it was real. And then I caught myself holding back in songs, you know, but that her and Luke, I mean, they're just like so honest and like you feel those songs because you know they're true. And right. I mean, Ashley is such a storyteller. The video of her playing Girl Going Nowhere at her Opry debut, like I broke down in tears when I saw it because like anybody who's ever been up against someone who told them they couldn't do do something, they just feel that so deeply. That's the greatest thing in the world. I told you that she came through here. Um, it was pretty neat. We gave her a couple T-shirts. Stony shirts, and then the next week she went to LA, mm -hmm. and she had this big write-up in the LA Times. Yeah, she's wearing a Stony shirt. Yeah, she was. I love that. It was That's so awesome. Great. And then I just got someone sent me a photo last week. She's holding a baby. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's her niece or something like that. I just got the photo and that was it. She's wearing a, a different Stony shirt, which I thought was super cool too. I'm like, I just need to send her. She likes those shirts, it, man. You like I'm, what she likes. I am not mad at it That's why at you make all. Good quality merch. You That's, know what I mean? You can't do the the cheap shirts. No Gildans. No. No. We're all about next level around here. That's that's pretty much. It's kind of funny because when we first started making shirts, it was let's do the cheap way. Let's just get them out there. Then it was about do we want them to wear it once or do we want them to wear them a long time? Yeah. And totally. now we get to see stuff out there that lasted. Exactly. That's awesome. She came through here. It was pretty neat um um she was funny uh honest and uh and two weeks later she's on the road with george Strait. <laughs> it's like it's wild. literally happened overnight what was your this is my favorite question right now what was your what was your favorite highlight of 2019 gosh i mean outside of your album yeah i mean i'm gonna I take feel, that one away i wrote the album because it was it, it turned into what it was because i went through the worst year of my life like 2019 was just an absolute shit show and I got to put out the album and, and see all this incredible stuff. I would say it's probably a tie. Um, the New York Times said it was the number seven best album of the year. Oh, wow. It was the only country album on that list. Blew my mind. Um, and that happened like the last few weeks of 2019. So I'm like, wow, what a poetic ending. And then I got to literally end 2019, the crappiest year of my life. Um, playing for 150,000 people at Nashville New Year's Eve, and I opened for Keith Urban and Stevie Nicks. Downtown. Mm -hmm. And I worked that event seven years ago selling hot dogs when I was like 19. <laughs> what, a, what a great, great story right there. And then I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know I went and got a hot dog after the show. I was like, I got to do this. It's like so poetic. Um, but just to have like, it just felt like such a movie ending to this this horrible time and just getting to play those songs and, and have the knowledge that, the album has been so critically well received. Like playing these songs, that feel so vulnerable. I literally feel like I'm like totally not even. I'm just completely naked on stage, being like, "These are my problems." Um, but now knowing that like it's been so well received, it just hits different, and I get to go on stage and just enjoy myself. And I'm not like, "Oh my god, I'm scared." I'm like, "No, people like this. It's really fun." Do you think it's a huge difference from what like um, "Fight Like a Girl" was like? being able to express your feelings that way yeah you know i will say fight like a girl thank god is something i still stand behind and and feel and you know i wrote that song when i was 20 but it's still something i'm like really really proud of um i would say most of the songs that i kind of like waver on are mostly love songs that i know how they ended now and i'm like oh i don't want to sing this happy song about this guy because it turned into effie forever you know um but i think that 
yeah, I mean, it's very freeing to get to be honest. I feel like Fight Like a Girl is a good representation of that. But yeah, there are definitely moments where I'm like, okay, you were trying to chase something. You were trying to chase what was on radio. And when you do that, you're already nine months behind. You're screwed. I even try. Right. By the time you get to it, it's <laughs> exactly. going to get out there. Exactly. I don't. You know what? That might be a little bit different in today's world, like literally today, because you could hear something and duplicate it overnight and be right with them. As yeah. long as people, it's such a weird in, environment of music. I, I like to ask this question as well. Country music number ones. Do you, do you, I'll just start it out with myself. I'm frustrated because I'm an old soul. I'm an old person, but I'm also an old soul. I listen to, uh, I get frustrated when I listen to classic rock and it's Duran Duran. It drives me nuts because that's not classic rock, but yeah. a station here d- does that. But I'll go back and listen to the Doobie Brothers and Steely Dan and stuff like that. And just, Steely Dan. just be able to, to know that that music's going to last forever. Yeah. I look at our number ones that come out in country radio today and I'm like, in a year, you won't even remember that song think about that often and it's very frustrating yeah because where i would say that maybe 20 percent of them have a life like that will actually last and then the other one i just call it the entitled number one which to me i don't i don't understand the logic in that who it benefits because to me it doesn't benefit anybody it it doesn't it's like uh, people say you know it, it comes up especially around the conversation of women in country being like you know women can't get on country radio blah 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 it's like a I would rather win a Grammy for album of the year like Casey Musgraves did any day. Yeah. Any day. If you if you put them both on a platter, I'd be like, I don't care about a number one. I want a Grammy. Um, but I think it's not like like women aren't the subgenre. Luke Combs and I don't know, like Cody Jenks and stuff, like they're not the subgenre. Country radio is the subgenre. It's all so similar. It's like if country is, you know, a mile wide, whatever, and like let's say it's one square mile i mean like country radio is like a truck you know literally um that was that came out accidentally but you know it's like it's so small and then the world of country music is massive from sturgill simpson to lil nas x you know there's there's um uh, this this app out there called country af radio (laughs) and it's the neatest thing in the world because that's what it's about yeah and i say it every day because i'll play a a Luke Bryan, and then I'll play uh, a Lady Annabellum, and then I'll play a Scott Stevens, and then I'll follow it up with Kane Brown's new one or something like that. Yeah. And that's literally, to me, what country music should be about, because it's not one genre. Yeah. It's a whole bunch. Um, I have to highlight something. I laughed just this week. I went on a um, um, a country music station's um, website, yeah. and they had all of their stations on there. And seven of the stations I was looking at Two of them were playing the same song. The other two were playing the same song. The other three had something different. But I'm like, you have seven stations and four of them are playing the same song. Yeah. Like, what does that tell you? Yeah. Like, there is, there, that's why I, I love Stonies. I love the stage that we have here because we have the avenue to let people do something. I love this Toad's Tune stuff because it gives people um, um, an insight to who you are. Mm-hmm. And I love the Country AF radio app because people are caring, yeah. they're listening. They're paying attention. They're learning more about artists. We've had artists that have come through here that had no shot at radio, probably still whatever. They could. There's a guy by the name of Nate Moran. No one knows who he is. He came here, uh, slayed it. The people came out and sang his music, and it wasn't because it was on the radio. Yeah. And that's why I get the giggles. Um, same thing with um, Scott Stevens did the same thing. Garrett Spear did the same thing. And these are people that nobody knows. Yeah. And they're great musicians. Yeah. Not saying nobody knows you. you can but still, well, but I'm just meant in that sense, yeah. like if like if I like a girl did 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 yeah. good. Yeah. I look at a Stephanie Quell that finally this week her single uh, "What You Drink About" finally got on the Billboard charts. It's in the 50s, but 
Dude. Yeah, she's been pushing that. Um, I adore her. She's I mean, a sweetheart. God, she she like um sent me just the like prettiest bouquet of flowers for I think it was my Opry debut and just like I didn't see that coming and she's just like we don't see each other that often but she's such a sweet spirit and I have those you know people where you're like you're like I see what you're doing we don't get to hang out because we're both never home but like respect you know hustling yeah totally totally I mean I think that like people do know me from fight like a girl and i know people like I, I look out in the audience and i see them singing along but people scream f you forever like because everybody's got a garbage ex sure. everybody you know and um you know we've only had two nights of the tour so far so we'll see what happens tonight but like i mean playing exit in in nashville like people were like screaming the lyrics like and i've never experienced that before and like every musician who has is like it's the best feeling ever i'm like it's the best feeling ever. Right. It's so good. Um, so that's just, but you know, that song's not on the radio. It has no shot of being on the radio. It's called Effie Forever. I mean, we're kind of working it to some like alternative routes as in like, you know, rock, whatever. Because I have a lot of that in my music too. And that's what I love about Stoney's. A, it's got rock in the title as well. But there's that thing out there that says even, even cowboys like rock and roll. I, might, I should get that tattooed on my ass probably. Sorry, my publicist is. <laughs> He's not laughing. What I do. <laughs> He's he, laughing on the he inside. He can't roll his eyes further into the back of his head. It's all right. It's all right. You can't can't hold me back. I think it's perfect. I mean, um, um, was it? I think it was Scott Stevens that came through here, and he made mention of Lizzo made a statement about when when will the day come that that there is no genre in music anymore? Yeah, because people are like, she's not a rapper. I'm like, ah. Uh. Uh, if you're allowed, if you have to take one breath and get through six lines, you're definitely a rapper. Yeah, like. I just find it. I, I I get the giggles, and she's one of those girls also that is changing the face of music. Totally. In, in I don't want to say in that genre, but in that genre, she yeah. she is. I mean, and that's why I sit back and um I I used to love the the um the T-shirt that would say um uh, fuck pop uh, fuck pop country. Yeah. Or and I just would get the giggles out of it because I'm like, I think every type of music has its place. Some There's, people really like it. I mean, I'm 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 a fan of some of it. Uh, I'm not a fan of all of it. I'm a fan of some yeah, of it because that's unreasonable to think that you're gonna like everything. And that's yeah. like, I mean, genres like help you discover stuff. Like if you like songs about real shit and like being from a small town and like you know seeing this like I don't know like famous in a small town by Raina Lambert that hits so hard if you grew up in that kind of place. You right. Know? So you're like, okay, I'm gonna find that in relatable. Country. Totally. You know, but then. Uh, so you find it under that umbrella, but that just means that that's like a starting point. But you're not going to like everything in the genre. No. You know? And I like love like pop, but like I don't like all pop. Music's you... subjective. And the best music is hella subjective. Sure. You know? It's best music to who? Totally. Best, best music to who? Yeah. That's where I go back to when I think about it. I found myself um, listening to Justin Bieber's new album um, um, because I heard the song in in Intentions. Mm -hmm. And I just went... I dig the lyrics of that. Mm -hmm. um, not a huge Bieber fan. Never really have been. But I, I saw him sing it live on like Saturday Night Live. So then I went and listened to his album. And I was like, the album's actually decent um, for me to listen to. Because, I mean, I listen to everything. But yeah. to listen to something that's so young. And you, I think he's the same age as you. Yeah. And um, on, a, on, a, on a whole nother, like, in a whole nother world that kid is. He's going through personal issues and yeah. disease and all this other kind of stuff and comes out with this album about this girl. And I just sit back and I'm like, dude, the lyrics are simple, yeah. but relatable in that sense. Really? Like everybody sits back and I kind of, I kind of laugh because I've been letting people know that I've been listening to it lately and they all look at me like I'm crazy, <laughs> but I listen to everything. And yeah. That's what it's about for There's me. Always, like, hidden gems that you wouldn't expect to love. And then you, you fall yeah. in love with them and you're like, okay, cool. Who's your favorite artist to listen to right now? <sighs> 
Um, I like listen to a lot of like '90s throwback stuff, but let me look at my phone and see who I've been listening to. Um, Third Eye Blind is my favorite band. Yeah. Of all time. Um, very, very into them. Is that Rob? No, that's Matchbox 20. Who's yeah, that's team? Matchbox 20. Uh, Third Eye Blind is Stephen Jenkins. That's you right, know, Jenkins, that's Semi-Charm yeah. Life, all of that good yes. stuff. Um, Alanis Morissette just put out some new music. That's she did? amazing. Yeah, I will did. go listen to that, too. And um, see what I've been listening to for country stuff. I'm trying to think. It's like, you know, when people like ask you, like, what do you like to do in your free time? And you forget everything you've literally ever right. done in your And then when you walk out of here, you're like, dude, it was... Uh, this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. I could tell. Yeah, I really like the band Camino. They're based out of Nashville. They're like Camino. Camino. Yeah, okay. like the car. Um, they're based out of Nashville. They're opening for Dan and Shay on their arena tour. They're they're definitely like pop rock, like kind of like the nineteen seventy five, but Chocolate. the guitars are louder. Yeah. yeah, and it's super cool. And them opening for Dan and Shay makes like so much sense. Um, I love Rustin Kelly. I'm obsessed with Rustin Kelly. Um, and obviously everybody loves Casey Musgraves, but the two of them, I'm like, oh my god, they're just so talented. Really? Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Just real lyrics, man. I mean, he's got this one song called Asshole, and it's just a demo that he recorded. Do you <laughs> not you know forever, the song? asshole. No, I don't know the Do you, song. You don't know no. this? Oh my god, you're, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Um, but he just recorded it at his kitchen, and he like had like fucked up and gotten a DUI and like pissed off his wife and wrote a song about it and then put it out in the world like the next week and it's just so raw and honest and funny and he's self-deprecating but also like very self-aware and it's like smart but it's just the hook is literally I'm kind of an asshole it's great he's owning it it's great yeah super owning it yeah totally you said that you went out on the road with um Who'd you go out on the road with last Leanne year? Rimes. Leanne yeah. Rimes. And I just announced um, this week, uh, Martina McBride asked me to go on tour with her. Really? Yeah. How was that? Does it come through in a phone call that just says, hey, what do you think? Um, I got an email from my agent, and I thought that it was like, you know, something that I was like, okay, cool. Like they submitted me that for this, whatever. No, 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 no. Martina's obsessed with my album. She said, quote unquote, like, this is my new obsession. And she like was like, I want Kaylee Shore to come open for me. And I don't know if that's ever truly happened like that. Right. Like, I got set up to open some dates for Leanne, and then her and I really hit it off, and she asked me to come out for the rest of the tour. How was that? Amazing. Oh, my God. She's so cool. Like, we did our makeup together. Like, I <laughs> did she was teach like, anything, or did you teach her? You know, I think that we're, we're both like, we both have very different styles, but like I, I think her audience was was really cool. But yeah, no. So I think we were like, I'm gonna do a lot of eyeliner, and she's gonna look like a gypsy fairy princess, and we're we're gonna just keep it there. Um, did you guys sing together on that at all? We we did one song because it was a Christmas tour, which was really fun, and we did a little cover of "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." And nice. I was just like playing guitar and harmonizing with Leanne Rhymes, and I mean, she has one of the best voices of all time. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like. What am I doing right now? <laughs> Is this real life? <laughs> chilling in a dressing room, just jamming out with Leanne Rhymes, and I was just like literally having like a like an existential moment, being like, "How am I here right now? Are you sure?" Like, <laughs> imposter syndrome kicking in really hard, but <laughs> that's funny. And then Martina McBride is this year? It's coming mm-hmm. out? Yeah, it's like uh, in a month and a half, and I haven't even met her, so I'm like very excited. But she's like probably one of the top five reasons I sing country music. I mean, I fell in love with her. Sarah Evans, who I also got to open for, um, the Dixie Chicks, and Allison Krause. And that was like, that was m- what got me into country. And then from there, you know, I found like Tim McGraw. He's probably m- one of my favorite country artists of all time. But though, like the women of the 90s, Terry Clark, who I, Terry Clark, I'm very excited because this just happened like 20 minutes ago, um, saw a song of mine on Instagram and DM'd me and was like, Do you want to write sometime? And so she was just texting me today. Did I not tell you about this? It's my publicist. You should probably know about this. Yeah, she was just, I just saw my phone light up. <laughs> You're and it's welcome. like, Terry Clark. 
And she was like, okay, cool. Like, does April 2nd work? I'm like, yeah, it works. I don't care if I needed to get, like, a heart surgery. I'd figure it out. Yeah, you, you'd be there. But I, like, there's uh, footage of me dancing with her in the background um, on the TV, like, dancing to uh, Be Mad for a while uh, in my escape music video. So it's, like, very full circle. Like, wow. Yeah, really cool. I'm That's excited. ACM week. I'm so excited. April 2nd. Is it? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I should probably work on that. Dang it. Okay, You're well, welcome. we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, because April 2nd is Thursday. Cadillac 3 is playing here. I'm actually going to be here. This is my first year going to the ACM. So. It is. So that's that Sunday. So you better get your get your stuff together. Better go check your dates because that's April 5th. <laughs> hey, Terry Clark. Can we... Can we uh... Listen, listen. This is my first experience with the ACMs. I'm, I don't know if April 2nd is going to work. That's a Thursday, though. That's hilarious. So yeah, I we'll think, see. I think you might be all right. We'll see. What are you looking forward to most this year? Touring. I mean, I... All of last year, pretty much, that was like the least I had been on the road in, you know, since I, I started getting in a van and playing shows. So what, having, do you think you were writing more or? Oh, yeah, because I was writing and recording the album last year. So um, I didn't really start touring again until the fall. And so I'm really just kind of back in this groove. But I toured all through December because I was on the Christmas tour. And um, that was amazing. And I that's when most so people much. chill out, though. You're know, on the road and most people and are chilling. I, as soon as I got back from, you know, I went home for Christmas for a few days and then I went right into rehearsals for New Year's Eve. So it was like the busiest month I'd had all year. We were we were in Nashville for New Year's. I didn't even know you were playing. Oh, really? Yeah. We were. We went for a wedding that was on New Year's oh, Eve. Oh, fun. Was it Austin Burke? Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah, because he had to do that because it was the only time he could guarantee he was going to be free. Yeah. So, yeah he's Super great. weird. He's great. Yeah. Do you know his first show outside of Arizona was here? Was it really? I sent him a DM. I was like, dude, oh I dig God. your stuff. And he was like, whatever, dude. Like, <laughs> seriously. Lexi and I are really good friends. I Love just like, adore her. Yeah. yeah. I, I was obviously like a little tied up that evening. Um, yeah, you had a, you had you're like <laughs> had a yeah. little show. <laughs> yeah, um, I just ain't gonna hang out with Stevie Nicks. No big deal. What was that? Um, wow, that's so cool. I love him. Yeah, he's that's a great. he's a good dude. He's coming back in uh, June. I'm bringing him back out here. Funny story about Mr. Austin Burke. You can tease him about this because okay. it's it's a good one. He's been out here twice for bachelor parties. One for his friend and one for his own. Yeah, and both times he's come to Stoney's. And both times he's played here, Tim Montana has been on the stage. Oh, my God. And both times they brought him on stage and he screwed up the same song. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's Tom Petty's um, um, Last Dance. Very oh, I love that song. Yeah. So the first time he sang the wrong lyrics, he was in his defense. He might have had a little bit too much to drink. Then the second time he got up there and did it, um, he started in at the wrong time. Saying the right lyrics was started in at the wrong That's time. He was so crazy. mad at me, too. I'm like, this is not my fault, dude. He pulled you up there, not me. He goes, yeah, but you egged him on. I'm like, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. So it's kind of funny. I'm going to try and figure out a way I can get Tim to come out here in his show in June and see if that would work. That'd be pretty funny if Tim got up and sang with him. That'd and, be so <laughs> <laughs> It was a beautiful wedding, nonetheless. Yes. And I got to meet an, uh, uh, another female artist that um, I've grown to really like. Her name is Julia Cole. Do you, do you know yeah, her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julia and I go way, way back. Oh, my gosh. Like... I listen to some of her songs. Um, another so one that fun. writes. Yeah, she's so fun. Yeah, trust, uh, trust you. I think is the name of yeah. one of. The, and I was like, holy cow! Yeah. Like, 
the songs from the heart, I think, are the ones that are going to go. It's just trying to find another avenue to be able to give it to them. Her and I um, had really similar breakups, and we'd always been friends. And then we like had like a drunk girl in the bathroom bonding moment, and we were just like putting it all out there. And we were talking about how like our music changed after we went through that because we were just like we have to write from the heart because it's like a therapy now. Like obviously, like I'm going to put my music out in the world, but like you're writing for yourself, and then that's when people ironically like it the most. I think the craziest part about all of that is is that when you write something like that you're writing it for yourself and it's probably what most people don't have is an outlet to do that mm, yeah. they, they really don't you do that and then you get up in front of people and you tell your story um and it's twofold one you're you're expressing you and second thing you're, you're giving people like some sort of a um an avenue to get through whatever they're going through yeah. too because there's so many songs out there that are relatable in some senses to people that make you love them even more i, I don't think, think there's yeah. Too, too many other things in life that let you do that no it's so beautiful and and a lot of the songs that i put on the album you know there's two in particular the world keeps spinning and escape that are super hard for me to sing but i always hear from people and you know reading the youtube comments on the escape video they've gone through the same stuff and they're like wow like there's nothing to be ashamed of you know if i grew up like and and came from you know a background with like family with addiction issues and and all this stuff that you're taught to be so ashamed of you know and then they see somebody who like they you know maybe look up to and they're like oh wow this is like it's okay um and i think that like my ultimate goal as a songwriter is like with every song i write that really really comes from the soul like that is to try to like name an emotion and a feeling that somebody else might not be able to but when they hear it they're like oh that's it because yeah. those like my my favorite songs um that's what they did for me and so i just try to keep that in mind when i'm writing a song and do you always write by yourself or do you write with other people no i write with other people um i wrote a lot of my album with candy carpenter she's an incredible artist um and my best friend we met through song suffragettes the all-female writers around in nashville um and she you know as we've been friends over the past three years like i've seen so many things come together for her like she's being produced by brandy carlisle and she just got to sing on um dolly parton's 50th anniversary opry special. who's dolly um she's just so incredible but we wrote you know my four favorite songs on the album drunk on my living room floor and it was just like it just came from the heart you know like sure. escape was one of the toughest songs i've ever had to write and i could only do that with her um, and Effie Forever was actually the one we wrote sober, which is hilarious because it's not what you would think. But we wrote it with Annie Wilgen, who's in my band now. And so Annie and I, like, writing that, because uh, we'd both gone, we worked at the Marriott Hotel when we were 19 together in Nashville. And we've been friends ever since, and we both went through, like, really similar breakups at the same time. And we wrote that song from that perspective, and it's very much so my story, but there's a lot of emotions being channeled in from every right. angle. And so Annie and I getting to be on stage together and see people scream those words back and just like that feels so good and we're not like bitter or spiteful anymore but being like wow look where we are like we're fucking fine you know like and we get to do this every night and that's why being friends with your band and sharing those moments with them is so special i bet you walk off sometimes and just go wow that was that was cool oh, all the time i mean like and, and eric my guitar player he's been with me since my first full band show um he only missed two shows in the past five years and one of them was Stoney's so he's very excited to be here oh uh, we should cancel the show then yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's so excited he's so excited that's awesome it is a fun stage to play on that's yeah. for sure what's your favorite thing do you do you, do you like to write I know that that every aspect of music has its own thing but what is your ultimate favorite is it writing recording or actually playing it live writing playing it live and recording in that order that order but yeah writing I mean there's just like I don't think 
I've fallen more and more in love with performing, though, I will say, because it, it wasn't what I felt it came naturally to me first. Like, I definitely have that kind of personality. But, I mean, I wrote my first song when I was six. And I don't feel like... I was never the girl in choir class getting the solos. Like, I wasn't an incredibly gifted vocalist. I had to work really hard at it and find out how to use my voice because I thought I could just... I was like, oh, well, I can't, like, belt and scream, you know, like Martina McBride. But then as I listened to, like, Alison Krauss and, like, Lisa Loeb, I was like, okay, I can pull it back and have that be my superpower, you know? Um, so just learning how to use my voice came second. So I just love, love, love songs. But as performing, you know, I've gotten more comfortable and, and found how to use my voice like an instrument. And, and now it's more fun. And I'm not nervous before shows anymore. At Most all. Of Most, Most of the time. Most of the time. Well, we, we always do a tequila shot before we go on stage, which always helps. Favorite tequila? Um, probably Espelon. Which one? Espelon. I don't think we have that yeah. here. Okay. I, I, had, I really don't discriminate. I just don't like gold tequila. Gold? No. Oh. Just silver. So just put the gold so. in your in your in your <laughs> I'll do gold in the margarita, but I had um my birthday last year. I got a bottle of Casa Casamigas. No. Uh blue and white bottle? Oh, the really nice one. Oh my Casa god. Nobles? Uh, I know what you're talking about, the porcelain one. Yeah. It's like crazy shaped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. I had that one time in LA at a very bougie party, and I was like, what? My house was a bougie party that day. I'm yeah, just going to go ahead and say it. Because I don't. When's your birthday? What's, what's that? When's your birthday? May. May 19th. I'm you, a Taurus. I, oh, I could totally see that. I yeah. Could totally see that. Stubborn, passionate. Yeah. Yeah. We love those things. Yeah. Not a, not, not a bad thing. But I had um, that night, Austin played here um, with Tim. No. Uh, it's a handmade bottle. Um, um, I had a bottle, a, a shot of 1942, and I actually yeah. that was good. But I preferred the. I think that's what you gave you guys gave me for my birthday. Here. Probably, and I was like, bless <laughs> their hearts. That's it. What's it called? Classa uh, uh, Azul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It. that's what I was thinking Azul. of. Yeah. That stuff. It's it doesn't like there's no afterburn no. or anything like that. No. And that was like probably one of my favorite things about because I don't drink at all. So really, no, I haven't. Um, I might have two or three drinks. Throughout the whole year, that, yeah. that that's it. I don't like wine. Yeah. Not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, wine makes me sleepy. I don't yeah, like being sleepy. It's kind of funny because I used to drink um, Long Islands, mm-hmm. and I could I could put them down. Yeah, I was like you and your tequila, yeah. <laughs> and I was little back then too, which is even funny. I graduated high school only five foot four. Wow. Yeah, I was a little dude, five foot five maybe. How old are you now? Uh, six foot. How did that? I didn't grow till I was nineteen. Wow! I went back for my ten year reunion. They're like, "Who the hell are you?" There is some eighteen year old boy right now who's lying on his Tinder profile, and he is so happy to hear you say that, dude. So, <laughs> I I grew up watching Different Strokes, and Gary Coleman was yeah. a short dude. And oh, part yeah. of the, part of the things they used to do in his TV show was he would go in the closet and he would hang from the pole. And I would sit there and stand in my closet, and I would hang from the pole, thinking that was going to stretch, stretch my vibe. Yeah, it didn't work. But literally, I graduated That's high school. Funny. Uh, 19 years old, I just had this growth spurt from hell. It was crazy. But, yeah, I don't... I love that for you. <laughs> I, had a rough, I had a really rough rough high school. Really rough yeah. high school. Like, girls were, like, not into me at all. You at know all. what that does? Builds character. Something like that. Yeah. If I would have stayed that short, I'd probably be like Bill Gates or something like that, you know, because yeah. I wouldn't have any chicks that kind of, like, swayed me <laughs> all over the place. Because I, I had to point that out to Heather one time. Like, why do you think that all these rich people... I mean, look at Zuckerberg. He is not an attractive dude. Yeah. And you look at Bill Gates, and, like, he's just so focused on me, you know, like, I'm yeah. just, like, I'm a computer nerd. And those are the people that um, you find that success. I'm enjoying life, but yeah. I don't have Bill Gates money, that's I for sure. I saw this hilarious tweet that made me laugh, and it was like, this girl 
talking to her friend and she was like yeah he's like six five and the girl was like oh like is he cute she's like i don't know he's six five i've never seen his face (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny that's actually yeah that's society today though too what do you think will change um women in music in 2020 what do you think what what it's going to take to give you guys a you gals, sorry, and even playing field. Other than on Country Afraida, because we play a lot of female music on there. Yeah, I mean, I think that it seems like everybody except mainstream terrestrial radio has it figured out. CMT just did an equal play initiative, 50-50. Yep. That's incredible. Um, I think touring and festivals are still a really big thing as well. Um, you know, more festivals making a commitment to, like, book. And if it, it's shitty because we don't want to just like a consolation prize. Right. You know, I don't want to like get it just because I have to meet meet this quota. But I feel like nobody's getting the opportunities, and like some of the festival bookers haven't even seen these women play because they're not playing the festivals, and it's like chicken or the egg situation. Sure. So I think that starting off with a commitment to be like, okay, we're going to try to have this amount of representation will fix it very quickly. Um, and as far as like from like more of a like um, abstract thing, I think just giving less fucks trying to you know supporting things like country af radio supporting things like um you know just alternative ways of finding music and and they're doing it they're already uh, doing it exactly exactly and i think that you know country's evolving we're in a weird place right now i'm so hopeful for the future and i literally cannot wait for the day that i can do like a like a you know an interview like with a journalist and have them be like so what's it like to be a musician and not have them be like, what's it like to be a female musician? Right. Because yeah. I just want to talk about guitars, man. Like, that's just like my favorite shit. Guitars and tequila. D- guitars and tequila. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I'm like, well, we're not going to sit around here and talk about my boobs. So why do we need to talk about me being a woman? Like, it, what does it have to do with anything? This is going to be great. This is going to be one of those interviews that I'm going to be like, dude, you know what? Six months ago, I could talk to her. I can't talk to her anymore because she's just blown up. Oh. The, the, I mean, it's happened. I don't know. I like you guys so much. I mean, like, I, I don't. I, I didn't. I really mean that. Yeah. I don't bullshit. I'm a really bad liar. So I'll just be like, thanks for having me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we always want you to come back. That's kind of the attitude towards Hell it all. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's 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 the fun of it here is that we have that ability to. And Chris and myself, we if we see something that we like, we 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 go after it in that sense. Yeah. And, well, and I think that's why, you know, artists are so loyal to you guys, you yeah. know, and you still get these these big acts coming through because it's fun. And, you know, I also really distinctly remember people I met in the meet and greet line who came and saw me for the first time here and then they've gone on to follow me for a long time and the last time I played here there were three people who'd flown in from like other places because yeah. they love Stonies so much like this one guy flew in from Chicago he'd never seen me play live and he's like I saw that you're playing Stonies I love that place I'd never seen you and I was like I gotta go so he like made a vacation out of it that's the way to do it yeah I was like that's so cool I like that idea yeah. of it we, we've got that night that Luke Combs played here he was obviously the um, on the highway hurricane had just hit mm-hmm. we had a guy that flew in He's super wealthy. He's got his own plane. He flew in from Southern California just to see him. Wow. And it was the funniest story in the world because I don't – he said to me, I want to meet Luke Holmes. And I'm like – like in my mind, I'm like he's like nobody in this sense. Like oh, why – You can just walk up and say hi. Probably, but Luke wasn't coming out to the front. So he goes, what do you say that you just walk me into the back into the green room and introduce, me, and introduce me to him? And I said, well, I said maybe if you had a black card or something like that, I'd do it. Well – he opened oh his wallet God. and he dropped his black card. I went, shit, shit. Because I'm, I'm not going to go back and just be like, hey, man, there's this weird dude out here that really, I mean, I don't know, Luke. I don't, don't, looks like I, I wouldn't know you yeah. in that sense. I'd probably come back and be like, listen, there's someone out here that wants to meet you. Like, we'll, we'll do this in a non-weird way, but yeah, whatever. Totally. So I ended up walking back there. It turned out to be really, really cool. And yeah. um, 
Luke was super happy about it. This guy was su- super happy about it. And he's flown out her a few times because he's got one of those ears that, like, he likes Carter Winter. Um, Lindsay L's first time here, he flew out for her. And he just, he just, it, it's neat because it's not just the dudes. If he likes the chick or he'll call me and just yeah. be like, dude, what do you got coming up in the next few months? He goes, I want to plan a trip out there. But then there's the other side of it where he, he'll, he'll be like, dude, I'm going to fly to town, pick you and your girl up, and we're going to fly to here and we're going to go see a show. I'm like, nah, <laughs> it's a little weird, dude. I'm not, I don't know. That's, to me, <laughs> to me, that's a little weird. I don't know. Life is, life is, life is short, but um, I'll fly myself somewhere. <laughs> I don't want to get on somebody's plane and end up I'm on the news. Really weird. And when I go on dates, like I just like can't let myself let them pay. And I'm trying to get better about it because some people that's really important. Chivalry. It's not dead. It is. I know, but I like I think it's cuz I grew up like really poor and now that like I can like I like everything I've ever done in my life like music related like I funded myself. Yeah. Um I've definitely borrowed some money from Discover, but um you know But you got those points you can spend them on Amazon. Exactly. My my favorite line on the album, one of my favorite lines is the can I really say I pay my own bills if all my credit cards are maxed? Because it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, no sugar daddy, but what is Discover? Yeah. Yeah. It's sugar a, daddy. It's a corporate sugar daddy. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I mean, I think that like I totally forgot what we were talking about. I started talking about um, you. You were you were saying that um, paying your own bills. Oh, okay. I mean, pay, paying your own. So like, date. I just get uncomfortable when people want to do like grand gestures. Like to that extent, I'm just like, no, it's fine. Like I'll just buy my own drink, and it's like five dollars, and I just like can't do it. So like, if someone was like, I've had you know opportunities like where people want to do something extravagant like that, and I'm just like, oh no, no, I'm fine. They'll take the bus. Like, I have. <laughs> I have friends that tra- travel to Vegas and um, they'll crash at my house. Mm-hmm. We have an extra bedroom there. But then when I go like to where they live, I don't ever want to stay with them. I just get a hotel. I'm, yeah, because I don't want to impose on anybody. Even if I'm they've so imposed on me. Yeah. I'm, and I just don't. I'm not, I'm not like that. Like yeah. even when we go to Nashville, we have all these people like, dude, just crash at the house. I'm like, man, I'm good. I'm, I'm just going to go stay at the hut or something like yeah, that. I'm cool. Totally. You know, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm weird like that. Yeah, I, w- I want to go ahead and go to bed yeah. on my own, in my own place, not have to worry about anything. Heck yeah. What's your favorite thing to do in Nashville on your off time? I love doing yoga. There's a really great place on Music Row. Um, I'm like a, I think that life is about balance. And mine is somewhere between yoga and tequila um, and like (laughs) 90s rock. Like the space between Nirvana and Nirvana, if you will. Um, But I do that. And then I, I, I love. I'm a very social person. Like I'm a big people person, which is great for my job because sure. like, some people aren't, and that's just like there's a lot of pressure on you to do that. They have to fo- be forced to be that way. I get yes, I get so recharged by being around people, and um, meet and greets are so fun for me, like legitimately. Um, but so when I'm back in Nashville, I've like I'm gone for like three weeks. I miss my friends so much, so I'm just like always doing something with them. And um, me and my my roommates who are also um, artists, they're awesome, and we we have so much fun. But we go skateboarding a lot together. Yeah. So we, uh, and actually my roommate was, um, in my lullaby music video with me skateboarding and you're kind of like the Avril Lavigne of country. I would love that. You know, and I actually have gotten that a few times and so I'm just going to take it and run with it. Just don't lip sync on Saturday Night Live and you'll be all right. That was Ashley Simpson. Oh, same difference. I thought she got in trouble doing it too. (laughs) Did she? Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Avril Lavigne did too. I told you I'm a bad liar. I can't lip sync. It would not be... Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Well, what would you do if you were an artist and you had, like, bronchitis and you had to, like, play, like, a massive show? Cancel it. Even if it was, like, SNL and you weren't... Because they wouldn't rebook you. Man, I don't know. That's the problem. I I don't... I I don't... 
You have one job. Figure it out, man. I don't know. Come out instead of sing it, rap it. I've, I've <laughs> never been. I've never had to cancel a show, but I also like have a rasp in my voice, and so like sometimes when I'm sick, it's like we've had one artist come through that had to, and it was during a, a, a tailgate when we had multiple artists that yeah. they couldn't sing. Only one time. Produce. Didn't even think about that. Could you imagine if you? Yeah. yeah, I've had artists come in here with pink eye. I've had artists come in here. You know. Uh, yeah. Ha- yeah. I get mad at that night too. Yeah, I have had. I've like had played shows with the flu and stuff but i'm just like okay i'm not doing a meet and greet tonight and i don't think anyone will get mad at me for right it. yeah yeah you don't want to share that yeah coronavirus yeah, yeah. no 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 no. but yeah it is it's delicate you know your voice is like it's your instrument and it's so like finicky and like uh, if you get vocal nodes or something you're just totally screwed so stock on wood that doesn't happen. how long have you been doing yoga um probably about like two years now did I, you you go to your first one by yourself or did you go with somebody well, I'd done it like a little bit. Like I'd had like some exposure to it, but I started taking it really seriously like two years ago. Um, I like the the forced meditation aspect because I'm just so like go, 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 go all the time. Um, but I also like – I just working out is so boring to me. Like I don't want to just go and like pay to go to a room and pick stuff up and put it down and <laughs> run towards nowhere. That just sounds like absolute hell for me. <laughs> People that tell me they run, I'm like, is there a prize at the end or was someone chasing you? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, exactly. And I, but if it's like something engaged or like I'm running, like when I'm on the road, like I'll go like run around like a lake if we're playing somewhere cool like that or right. whatever. But I need more mental stimulus. So like skateboarding and yoga are like, are that for me. I ride my dirt bike mm-hmm. and I just picked up surfing behind my oh, boat fun. i don't know if you've ever fun. done that before but yeah. uh the last two years i've been surfing behind my boat everyone tells me to go do yoga that it's something that will clear my mind and just it's cool hot yoga is a is not really my thing i don't want to leave like feeling like i took a shower in my own sweat that's disgusting yeah i mean there's but one of those headstands and shit that's fun and then it's like makes you feel so especially like being a girl and being an artist having so much pressure put on like what you look like all the time just reassuring myself that, like, oh, my body's job isn't to look good. It's, like, to to be strong and do cool shit. So when I can, like, do, like, a crazy inverted headstand, whatever, I'm like, oh, f- hell yeah. Like, that, you know, it just makes you feel strong. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's your favorite new country artist that's out right now? Female or male? Um, I am a really big fan of Ingrid Andress. I think she's awesome. Um... Candy Carpenter, my friend, and she's got some great, great music coming out. And then Savannah Kyes um, also wrote some of the, the stuff on my album with me, and uh, she's got some really great stuff coming out this year. Uh, I want you to put your dream show together, girls and guys. Got to have them both on there. How many people? Four. And yourself. Okay. So maybe I'm like somewhere towards the middle, so we've got like a new person opening. Sure. Okay. Let's say we have... Um, I don't know. Maybe I would open. I, I think it would make mo- most sense. Let's say Eric Church is headlining. Get that a lot. Do you think that he's just like overlooked so much? Yeah. How come? Because he doesn't want to like play stupid games. He just wants to like be himself. I read this article about this morning about um, I think it was the cover to Chief, and he he got in such a fight with his label head over smoke a little smoke, which is like one of his biggest hits because they were like, no, people will hate that. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay. You know how many people smoke things? Like lots of things, lots of things. That's, you know, I mean, that song is clearly not about crack. It's fine. Put it out, whatever. And, um, but then they were also like, well, you, you can't wear a hat on the cover cause you have hair and you can't wear sunglasses cause you have pretty eyes. And he was like, uh, do you think Eric Church cares about that shit? No, he doesn't. Dude, that guy's the only guy that can get away with wearing aviators all the time. Yeah, and you know, like <laughs> I, I'm, I get the impression that he's an intense dude. Great, 
Yeah. Of course he's intense. His music's amazing. Like, so I think Eric Church would headline. Um, you'd have like Ashley McBride, Rustin Kelly, and then I would get to open the Where show. Where would you do it at? Unlimited we'd, budget. We'd, we'd be doing Nissan Stadium if. You Eric would do Church. it at home? Oh, really? Oh, well. Yeah, probably. Yeah? I think that'd be so I'm cool. not mad at it. I'm yeah. just asking. No, probably that. I mean, I also like Madison Square Garden's a huge. Oh, my God. See, now you, I, there's so many dream lineups. I also, my first concert ever was the Dixie Chicks at Madison Square Garden on the tour where, like, all the shit went down. It was so dramatic. Yeah. And um, I was nine, and it was life-changing. And Michelle Branch opened. So if I could just, like, insert myself into yeah. that lineup as well. That'd be, be kind of cool. Yeah. But what that it, makes a lot of sense that that was my first show. You know, you can huh? hear that, I feel like. What about Red Rocks? And oh, like, yeah, Red Rocks for sure. I've been there, never seen a show there. Yes, yeah, same, same. I, I drove by when I was on the Leanne Rhyme store, and I think that would be... Dude, it's super, super neat place. One of my best friends lives there, and um, I think I've been there two or three times, mm -hmm. but never to see a show. But then I watched... Um, horrible thing for me to say. Um, I watched a Nickelback show that was there on TV. You know what? If you can't admit that you ought to know... Or not you ought to know. That's the long story I said. You Remind Me is an incredibly written song. Yeah. Like, pe people just like to get on the bandwagon and hate people. And at first they hate Nickelback because they're like, oh, I'm edgy. And then I'm like, no, no, no. It's more edgy to like Nickelback. Sure. And, you know, I mean, I understand, like, oversaturation and, and everybody getting on board of a trend and then everybody imitating Nickelback and then people just get tired of, the like, that post-grunge sound yes but you remind me is a great song it's an absolutely don't apologize for what you like dude here's what's funny is i was heather heather my girlfriend grew up in um um i'm trying to think she just wasn't as diverse as a normal person was she got married at a young age right out of high school yeah was with her husband um like they had their own business. She was yeah. just in her own little bu bubble. I took her to her first rock show last year. I took her to see the Deftones. And oh, my God. I love it. I've seen them so many times. Oh, so good. I just took her to see Tool. Hell yeah. uh, another great show. I actually flew to Arizona to see Tool, and then they came here and played, and then I took her to go see them here. But um, I had to explain to her that like Nickelback's one of those bands that you just don't go out and tell everyone you love them. Yeah. You just don't. Um, she didn't know. <laughs> no. She was like, oh, my God, Nickelback. And everybody was like, uh. I was like, you be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I had to like explain to her that there's like that whole side of stuff, and it was funny when I took her to I took her to see Blue October. Yeah, I um, was just listening to them in the car. Dude, they yeah. are. Um, I have seen him. Stories, dude. I've seen him by himself doing the Storyteller, the book mm -hmm. that he did with maybe a hundred people in a room. Yeah, and uh, um, he is phenomenal, Justin yeah. Fetter, whatever his name is. Fetter. He's amazing. He's actually coming back uh, again, and I took her to go see them, and she like had never heard of him, never saw anything yeah. by him, like super closet when it came to music. Um, and she was like, "This that's probably one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen. Yeah. And he, he's got, he's one of those dudes. He's passionate. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been through some shit. Yeah. I mean, oh, he, yeah. you listen to his music and, and, um, um, quiet mind. And, uh, um, I'm trying to, the one where he's on the boat and he wants to jump over it and whatever, jump over the thing, that story behind it and hearing it, that he had a show in Vegas and he thought it'd be really cool to get married. So he got married when he was here. And then his publicist told him, dude, get away from everybody go on this cruise so he goes on this cruise and was like i can't get away from people because i'm on a boat and i'm stuck with all these people and that's when he wanted to jump overboard and just kind of swim i forget the name of that song it was and, like a very chaotic time yeah and it was just a mess but to hear him open his book and talk about his brother and his life and and just everything that he did and i'm just like this is like i just and i, I know that there's a place for it in the world 
There is, but for me, given the amount of shit I've gone through in my life, like I'm emotionally 48. And I just don't give a shit what somebody who's never had their heart broken has to say. And I don't yeah. mean like from a relationship. I mean, you can get your heart broken by your job. You can get your heart broken by sure. your parents, by, you know, like your dreams not coming true. But just like sing from that perspective, even if it's a love song, like you can tell when someone's singing a love song and they've never been broken up with, you know. But when you when you've been through that, you appreciate that so much more. When we get done with this, I'm going to ask you for three minutes of your time. I want to play you a song. Okay. It's by my buddy Scott Stevens. It's called Routine. Okay. And what I thought the song was about, it's probably what you're going to think the song was about. But when I tell you what it's about, you'll understand even more. It's the greatest thing in the world. Super fun. I'm excited. I'm excited I too. I love music so much. I do. <laughs> I love getting music when people send it to me and they ask you my opinion. Yeah. I love that because it lets me know that they, they respect me for who I am mm -hmm. and to care enough to ask because um, for 25 years, I've been the most honest when it's come to music. I used to do a lot of stuff with indie bands here in Vegas and they would always ask me to come to their, um, a lot of the bands would ask me to come to their rehearsals yeah. and I would go and I'd be like, remember, you asked me to come here. Yeah. And it's just my opinion. It's nothing more than that. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes I'm like, wow, well, I'm not coming back here again. Yeah. But the idea was behind it. I love finding new music like that. I love hearing it before. I, I like it raw. Mm -hmm. I used to go listen to bands play because I hated the singer, but I love the music. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I enjoy doing. Yeah. That's the other Same. side of it all. So I'm looking forward to actually soaking up your new album. And um, I will do that this it's weekend. Fun show. Huh, yeah, <laughs> but I want to listen to it the other side of it too. I want to consume it the way I consume it, and I do it when I work. That's the neatest yeah. thing for me is I, I'll put it on repeat and listen to it for four hours straight. Well, I hope you like. And it. I'm not worried about it. I like you, so I'm already gonna like it. Oh, good. <laughs> Tell people how to find you online. You can find me at Kaylee Shore, K A L I E S H O R R. Um, Instagram is like you know highlight reel. Twitter is my unfiltered thoughts. And recently, I've been on TikTok, yeah. and it is just a lawless land. I had like a song I wrote called "LAX Go Viral" on there. Um, so TikTok is like really like my true self, and it's very fun. I just started one for my interview stuff that I wanted to take photos from from like the show, the artist show, and then take some of the interview stuff and yeah. throw it. I haven't done it yet, but I think it'll be super fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. It's a kid's thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for the time. All right. All right. All right. That's the end of this one. Go ahead. Roll credits. Recorded by Toad. Produced by Toad. Booked by Toad. Voiced over by Toad. You know what? Toad would just like to go ahead and take this moment to thank you so that he doesn't have to go back and do his real job.